Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, we're doing Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex episodes 10, 11, and 12. And um, I'm just going to say a little bit of heads up, up front. Um, some really heavy stuff in these episodes. Uh, does anyone else want to elaborate more These episodes in depth? are all over the place in terms of their themes. The first one's like kind of gory and kind of like a horror thing. Uh, the second one's like a psychological thriller, and then the third one is like happy go lucky, also philosophy. Baby's day out. <laughs> yeah, Baby. it is baby's, baby's day, day out. out. Yeah. yeah, but the first ones um, have some pretty graphic imagery of like, you know, different forms of serial violence killing. and sexual yes, violence and serial killing. First one and war especially, and, if yeah. you want to skip ahead yeah. to our recap of the next e of the episode after that, like, fair yes. enough. I, I found episode ten quite hard to watch. Yeah, so yeah. Togusa. It, it's <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rough. And uh, episode eleven is uh, also pretty rough if you've had uh, stuff with like mental health care stuff that's not gone the best. It, it's pretty. It's not. Th there's really only one friendly episode here, but it's definitely yeah. like really graphic in the first one, a little upsetting, oh, pretty upsetting in the second one, and then um, baby's day out. <laughs> 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 all, for what it's worth, all three of them are good episodes. Just be aware of what's in yeah, them. Yeah, they're all yes. fantastic. Like, I, I legitimately think uh, episode 11 is the one that kind of took me from, like, I was like, yeah, this is a pretty cool series. This is some nice little cyber fiction. Like, all right, this, this is cool. You know, they've got good tech going on. Sure, why not? To, like, okay, Ooh. I need to see what happens next now. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, okay, you've got me invested. Yeah, episode, especially 11, it's got to be hard to cover in a podcast format because there's some particularly clever editing in episode 11, but... I guess we'll I'll get do to my that. Best. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get there. Let's do episode 10 first. Um, open with a man just standing in the middle of an empty street carrying this big box with him. Uh, we cut to an apartment. He is there with a obviously a prostitute. She is tied down on a bed. He hooks her up to the box uh, via like the brain things like they do with everything. Um, so she's like, so what do you have in mind all sexually? Because she thinks she's you know about to do her service. And he's like, terror. And then he puts on lipstick on his face and then pulls out this giant ass Bowie knife. And they're screaming. Um, this is a standalone episode. It's called Jungle Cruise. It's not a cruise at all. No. Uh, so we see Bato and Togusa. They're at a police station in the basement. Um, they're at a police scene, I should say. They're at a, like a house or something. They go down to the basement. There's a whole bunch of police officers there doing CSI work. Um, there's several, several women bodies on the ground. Um, all of their skin has been removed from their torso. And they're all decomposing. Uh, the major cuts in the thing that's, oh, this is their man. Uh, we cut to Section 9 headquarters, and they're watching uh, Bato's memories from the uh, basement he was just in. Like, they're giving a briefing to the rest of the team. Um, apparently, there's been six cases with 12 people in total over the last couple months. Uh, all of them were skinned alive in a t-shirt pattern. And you uh, get to see various bits of this. And granted, they, like, cut away a lot of the time horror cut style, but, like, you still get some pretty graphic shit in this. Yeah, it's not pretty. Um, no. They start to wonder what the motivation for the killer is. They wonder if it's like terrorism or ritual or a sex offender or anything like that. Bato says, like, no, you're all wrong. And like, he seems like kind of offhandedly to have an idea of who this guy is, even though he doesn't really come out and say it. It's uh, like the way the major was off in the previous episode. Like, Bato is really, really off in this episode. He is yes. pissed. Um, he says that there's like maybe the motor killer was motivated by a sense of duty or whatever. Uh, the major asks the chief why Section 9 is involved in this, and so he starts giving uh, info from the American Empire. 
this guy named Marco Amorelli is a petty officer in the Imperial Navy of America. Uh, he was a veteran of World War III. Apparently, he requested a discharge and then disappeared. And for whatever reason, the CIA thinks that he's involved in a case like this. The CIA uh, is like, oh, skinning t-shirts, is skinning people with t-shirts? Oh, that's our guy. Which <laughs> we, we totally no, no, that. No, no, they're not. That's not, not our guy. <laughs> yes, we'll get there. Our official position is we disavow any knowledge of this said guy, but... But if you want to look for someone... <laughs> no, he's not... Oh, the one we're looking for. <laughs> I do kind of like that they casually drop that there's an American empire with an imperial navy. Um, yep. Just out of also <laughs> World yep. War III. End of World just, War Three. Yeah, just casually. Yep. Uh, this will come up a bit later, but you know it's just fun that they do it now. Uh, yep. So the CIA uh, asked the Foreign Affairs Office to quietly apprehend and extradite this man. Um, the the Section Nine is like immediately upset about the jurisdiction about this. Like, why do we have to clean up? You know, the CIA's garbage. They start, you know, mouthing off of the CIA. In walks two new characters, uh, Sato and Watanabe, uh, the RCIA agents. Uh, they're huge assholes. They're huge uh, assholes, and they're also incredibly unsettling. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, it'll it, get more so as the episode goes on, but, like, right from the start, they do not move like humans. Yeah, they are... I, I should... They're assholes, but they're assholes in the very smug, kind of refined, I'm better than you sense. Yes. Um, they are like, welcome, we're Marco, we're Sato and Watanabe from the CIA. We're here to assist you with your mission. And they have these like shit-eating grins on, yeah. Yes. So we cut to a river canal. Uh, we see this Marco character, the guy who was doing the murders earlier, uh, give a, C a CDs, a compact discs or whatever, to these homeless people. It's like, please distribute these, and he walks off. Uh, Togusa and Bato are showing Sato around one of the crime scenes. They're talking about the body they found and there's crows or something. It doesn't really matter too much because um, Togusa asked Bato, is like, listen, dude, you're acting weird. You know something. You're not saying something. And um, Bato just kind of shrugs it off and says, like, you know, this guy's dead when I find him. Like, he's superheated about the whole thing. Uh, Sato then jokes, is like, oh, Bato, you should have been an actor. Ha ha ha. And then, like, Bato drives off super fast and makes this guy slam his head into the back of the seat. So, yeah, maybe don't sass the driver, idiot. <laughs> it, it's also a great shot because Togus is very clearly trying to get, like, a private conversation away from the CIA suit with Bato. And Sato literally just, like, leans his head down into the driver's side window to be like, yeah. I'd like to hear about this, too. Are we having a conversation? I love those. Like, <laughs> it's so good. He's so fucking weird. It's great. Like, the one kind of, bright spot a, of the episode. Yeah, there's a scene later on I'll point out. I don't, there's a reason why I think these dudes are acting weird, but... Mm -hmm. um, after uh, they drive off fast, we get a flashback, uh, like, kind of like a dream sequence almost, to a jungle... Um, there's a village in this jungle and there's a whole bunch of dead people just in the middle of this village. Uh, we cut to the major who is privately calling Togusa, like on the voice comps things. Uh, she thinks Bato is acting strange and Togusa agrees with her. Uh, she tells him to like, listen, if Bato does anything really weird, you got to stop him if he gets out of hand. Well, ma'am, he did say he was going to murder our guy. Does, does that oh. count? Also, he's an augmented super soldier and I'm a normal dude, so I don't <laughs> yes, really know what I'm you want. just the man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we cut over to the chief major and uh, Watanabe. Uh, they're meeting with, I'm assuming, is the police uh, district attorney, the guy like in charge of the serial murder mm -hmm. case. Um, they like pull jurisdiction and say, "Like we're going to do the work now on this. We're the super soldiers out the way. Yeah. Uh, the chief privately talks to the major and tells him, like, listen, you got to tap these CIA guys. They're up to no good. 
Um, the DA then gets a notice that uh, apparently someone's had shipped in some CDs to police HQ that have first-person accounts of the murders on them. Uh, that's not good. So the CIA guy is like completely. Well, apparently, they had been found just at like a like a video rental place, right? Yeah, yeah that's what like it was. They were yeah. just yeah, like, like in, in a like some tape shop and. <laughs> Yeah, like, so they just were like, hey, um, these weren't ours. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> these were next to the episode one CDs. I don't know how they got there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so, of course, the DA in Section 9 all freak out at this new information, but the CIA guy's completely emotionless. Like, stone face, almost smirking. Yeah. Uh, Section 9 scramble, and as they do this, the chief and the major are like, yeah, this Watanabe guy was expecting this. He's up to something. Um, so we see Paz and Boma with the Tachikomas. They're at the market where the shit was found. They're checking stuff out. Going to checking... the Blockbuster. <laughs> I guess it's where Blockbuster is now because it's like a fucking dirty-ass alley in the yeah. side streets. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, Ishikawa was checking out like CCTV or something. Um, he starts complaining. that like, I can't do any of my cool illegal stuff with the CIA guys here. Can you take them out someplace, Major? So the Major's like, yeah, let's go see the murder CD. So they yeah, leave him alone. The CIA guy is standing right behind him staring at him and he's just like get him away from me i really need to hack the cia or we're not going to do anything useful here yeah um so we cut to togas uh bato and sato like watching this uh, murder city in their car and it's kind of visceral because you can hear the screaming and the slicing of skin happening this on is the, the hardest part of the see. episode to watch legitimately yeah. yeah i i i had to look away yeah. i couldn't i couldn't watch it and like it's done that very on purpose togusa literally walks out and wretch of the car and wretches when they're yeah. doing that this yeah. is not like titillating or anything like that it is fucked up yeah they don't they don't try to play it yeah like it's very clearly like this was meant to be horrifying yeah the three re- they show the three reactions togusa runs out of the car and almost pukes bato is just like enraged just like yeah. completely furious and uh, sato is like just i don't know stone face kind of smirking almost yeah uh, so, the, of course, Togusa starts questioning, why the fuck would anybody do this? Uh, Bacho thinks this is his objective, and, like, he starts talking about it is time before Section 9. He was part of the Rangers. Um, he was in South America during World War Three, And he says that the American Empire pulled uh, out while the war was ongoing. And he's like, do you happen to know anything about this, Sato? And Sato's like, I have no idea. So he starts playing coy, and Bato starts yelling at him, saying that, like, your nightmare has come back to Japan. Yeah, this is Kirk Thornton doing his smuggest little shit voice, like, uh, humanly possible. Oh, I love like, it. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you know anything about the American Empire pulling out of South America in World War III? I was like, please, Bato, please punch this guy right in the smoke <laughs> oh. Yeah, so Togusa is very confused, uh, but he doesn't really get any closure on this because those two are still very angry at each other. Uh, we cut over to the Major and Watanabe watching the disc. Uh, Watanabe says that uh, Marco makes his victims uh, like as they watch this they realize that like Marco makes the victims watch them being skinned alive themselves that's a weird way of saying that but like he patches his eyes through to the victims so he they can watch what's they, they happening can, they can see through his eyes yeah. as he yes. skins them alive yeah, yeah. it's uh, sick it's horrible uh, Ishikawa breaks in uh, through the CIA barriers he finds some psych report on Marco apparently the CIA has been monitoring this guy uh, also, he finds something called Project Sunset, so he starts looking into that. Uh, we get another one of these flashbacks to the South American jungle village again. Uh, there's bodies everywhere. They're all skinned in the same way that the murder victim or the murderer is doing. 
Uh, we also see a reaction shot of Bato, who has short hair here, uh, beating a dying girl who has no chest skin. That's... Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we get a voiceover of him filling in everybody about it. Apparently the CIA came up uh, came up with it during World War III to stop uh, the guerrilla fighters in South America. It was a like undercover psych op where... CIA agents would make friends with the locals and then just kill the women and children in horrific ways. Um, and this would make the people, the guerrilla fighters there, just lose their will to fight. So, uh, cool war crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Vietnam all over again. Yeah, so Sato chimes in to say that you know, officially the American Empire denies any sorts of this project. And also, um, you guys, uh, that's crazy. Why would you even say that? That would be ridiculous if that were true. Yeah. In Bato- a, it's very true voice. Yeah, Bacho continues on to say that, like, the people who run these psyops, like the CIA agents, uh, went insane pretty much because they were skinning people alive, and that's They were up. being forced to do horrifying things and witness horrifying things yeah. nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Yeah, Bacho says that, like, Marco's private war is still ongoing, but mine war isn't done either, and Togusa is completely shocked because I guess he never heard any of his coworkers' backstory. So. Yep. Um, we cut over to Boma, who has discovered the homeless guys that were used to distribute the CDs. They're in, like, near some waterway in the city and uh, apparently according to what they found the seventh murder has already happened uh so the entire team watches this next video which is again terrifying uh but it's from the victim's perspective this time and so they somehow get like a time stamp and a voice stamp out of it to try to find where this person is um they cut to the ambulance of it like arriving at the person's house and pulling the person away and tokasa makes this offhanded comment saying like maybe it would have been better if they had died because i guess yeah, so they did they, actually manage to save this seventh person. But she has been but, skinned. But, yes, yeah. she was yeah. just left for dead. Yeah, so Sato... This is a horrible man doing horrible things. So it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah Sato comes in and says, oh, well, you know, skin graphing has made, you know, leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. And so Bato loses it and grabs this dude and starts choking him. Calls us like, you guys... Yeah, he says you guys like created a monster, and Sato's like, "Well, we're here to retrieve the monster." And of course, Togus is trying to like separate them, which is not at, really at working. this point. His eyes go sort of like funky, like Sato's. Yeah, like, this is what I was gonna say. Like the CIA Sato's eyes, like both of them kind of like look to the opposite sides, which makes me wonder if this isn't like his actual body, but some sort of like puppet or something that he's using they are definitely like all of their motions and mannerisms are very puppet e again it was like kind of the perfect thing to do with these generic cia suits yeah like i could see like a, a company like the cia you know yep. just having someone remote into a body to do work for something like this oh yeah well and then claim that they were uh the they weren't even there yeah well a claim they weren't there but b they had like claiming they have japanese names and shit yeah yeah, yeah, it's actually one of the things they say earlier, like, when they ask, like, I think it was Watanabe's name, like, that's a very common Japanese name, so it seems mm-hmm. almost like he's, you know, it's like a John Doe or something. Yeah, giving them a very exactly. obvious Maybe, like, name. introducing yourself as, yeah, like, John Smith in Japan, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Bato says, that, like, well, this murder is not going to get away this time because I'm going to kill him. And uh, Sato's like, well, Bato, if you did your work right the first time, he wouldn't even be here. So, again, Togus is puzzled about all of this. Um, Bacha continues fuming. Toga says, like, well, maybe you could ask me where he is. And then he mentions something about the sewers. And uh, Toga starts putting two and two together because he's the only smart one in Section 9. <laughs> and, uh, he starts realizing that, like, the sewers are connected to, like, underground covered waterways. Culverts, basically, running around the city. Yeah. It's a river. 
and that the homeless guys that they found the CDs near were near one of these waterways. And that like he starts looking at a map and realizes that all the murders took place like upriver from where they were distributed in the city. And so, of course, they ditch Sato and start uh, trying to figure out, like, thinking that this guy is maybe underground below their feet. It's another great shot because, like, Sato starts walking towards the car and Bato floors it away from him. And at first it's like he, you know, jumps back surprised. But then you, the last shot is of him just smiling like, yep, it worked. Mm-hmm. So Section 9 forms a plan to pincer this guy into the sewers. Uh, the major wants confirmation that Bato will arrest Marco. Like she keeps calling him like, listen, you're going to arrest this dude, right? And he just doesn't answer. Uh, Boma and the Tachikomas uh, like block off the exit, I guess, in the city. And it's funny because the Tachikomas start talking about like, you know, how it's, or Boma starts complaining about how it smells. And the Tachikomas like, we can't smell anything. Do you want us to run analysis? Because <laughs> they're kids and they don't know what they're doing. so baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bato and Togasar are walking around in the sewers. They find a gun and then like Bato says something to the effect of like the sewers are like the jungle back in South America. And then like he turns his comm off and just runs into the sewers without Togasa. Oops. Uh, yeah, we cut to uh, Section 9 HQ. Ishikawa like walks into the headquarters room like really pissed because he found some shit in the hacked CIA files he was doing. Uh, apparently the CIA isn't there to actually retrieve Marco. They want instead for him to die and for it to look like an accident. And they knew that Bato was a ranger, and they knew that Bato's ranger unit found the village where Marco skinned everyone, so they just kind of want Bato to kill him. It's pretty convenient. Yeah. And so the chief, like, immediately confronts uh, Watanabe about this and saying, and Watanabe just, of course, feigns ignorance and says that, you know, there's no official thing about Project Sunset or whatever. And also, hacking CIA crimes is very serious. You can't be doing this. Um, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Sato says that, like, listen, like, I haven't done anything wrong, but... Uh, your henchman, Bato, is he's still fighting a private war out there and it's out of time and place. And so they like arrest the guy because he's being an asshole. And the major it's completely off. on him if he happens to murder this man that we want dead very badly. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually, uh, Boma and the Hachikomas find Marco and there's a uh, shootout and they trap him in one of these hallways. Uh, Togusa and Bato get there and Bato runs ahead alone. Uh, he continues chasing Marco for a bit. Um, there's like some clever editing here where like they have like a firefight, like a gunfight going on. And there's like cuts in and out of like the same firefight happening in a jungle. Um, there's a match cut of like him opening a door and um, touching Marco on the shoulder in the jungle. Anyway, uh, Bato runs into this room. He finds the CD burner. And while he's looking at it, uh, Marco kind of ambushes him from behind and almost stabs him, but then gets kicked off. Uh, Bato then has him at gunpoint. And Marco, realizing that he has no way out of here, just starts begging for his death. Uh, Bato picks up the knife that he had dropped, the one that he used to skin everyone. And Marco's just perfectly fine with being skinned. Like, he thinks it's, like, well, poetic. He's, like, excited for it. He's like, please yes. kill me, please. I, I need to this. please skin me with my own knife. It's the only thing that'll make this right. And, like, yep. you know, ba basically, like, that kind of thing. And, yeah, Bato... Yeah. Yeah. Bato uh, says, like, I'm not going to let you off easy. Pulls the gun on him. And meanwhile, Togusa is running up from behind saying, don't fire. But Bato does anyway. Um, we get a match cut to Bato screaming in the jungle, just firing a machine gun wildly. It looks like something out of Predator. Yep. Um, we also see a reaction shot of Marco's body just squirming around. Um, but it seems that all the shots were very close to his head and not actually in him. So Bato yells at him that his war is done and he's done with him. So the episode ends. We get a cut outside of the police crew cleaning up everything. 
uh, Sato makes a joke about it. It's like, I, well, we only have two return tickets. It's That's weird. And so at this time, Togusa loses it and chokes him. <laughs> it, it's so good because he's like, the Sato is kind of talking with the uh, paramedics who are on the scene, escorting uh, Marco away. And he's just like, oh, we only had two return tickets. And Togus like, that's fucking it. And slams him into a cop car like... And you see this all from a distance because the rest of the action doesn't happen there. It's yeah, really good. Yeah, from like 30 feet away to slam him <laughs> yes. into a car. Yeah, so we see Bato and the Major talking. Um, he says that uh, he says that he thought about killing Marco, but he didn't because this isn't the jungle. This is his town and that he's a cop. And the Major's like, well, you saved one of them this time. But Bato just kind of shrugs her off and walks off camera. Uh, he's still not happy about all this. And that's uh, episode 10. Yeah, great. Uh, very uplifting yeah. episode. <laughs> Pretty brutal. Pretty mm. brutal. Not Nobody wins. Yeah. <laughs> Extreme nobody wins energy on this one. I mean, so, I, he's going to be brought to justice via the CIA? Yeah, <laughs> no. God knows. He's going to be black holed. He's just going to yes. sit in a black site somewhere forever. This guy's getting dropped in the ocean on the way back to America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Complete accident as well. So uh, episode 11 is called Portraits, and it is a complex episode. Um, As we mentioned, kind of a content warning for mental health portrayals. Uh, It's definitely a bit one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but there's a lot going on here. Long-term care stuff. Yeah. Yes. We'll include, I think, the relevant info about Laughing Man stuff at the end of it, just so that... You know, if you do if you do want to check out for this kind of thing, you'll still be. I want to say, to well, I'll wait to the end. We'll wait to the end for that. It's so it's good. not as bad. Like it's not comedically no. you know, played for for shitty stuff. It is very clear that these kids are being abused by the system. But yeah, hmm. yeah. Um. So we open on Togusa, Major and Chief going over the files of a vocational aid center. Um. It's. Basically, where kids who are too online get sent so that they can still get jobs later is kind of how it oh, gets explained. What, what do they call it? It's like cyber something. Cyber shell closed shell syndrome or something like that. Yes. Yes. Cyber, yeah. cyber brain closed shell syndrome, I believe. Yeah, and that's Basically, what it is. they try and they claim that like a lot of people mistake it for thinking the kids aren't apt to the cyber brains or like they're having trouble integrating with them when the actual problem is they're too they often are way too connected <laughs> to them to the point it. that it's like yeah it's like a serious issue though yeah, yeah. they stop being able to function uh, in normal society yeah mm-hmm. yep so uh, it turns out that hackers stole a ton of sensitive government medical data and this this is like you know triple hipaa shit that was stolen from that so whoever did this is a wildly good hacker um we also learned that the health ministry doesn't seem to care they they aren't making any kind of noise or anything about this so like something's definitely up about this whole situation um and so the episode opens with the uh section nine's gonna send togusa undercover as an assistant to this vocational aid center uh so that he can figure do some detecting and figure out like you know what the hell happened here what are they covering up um and that's basically our setup so Togusa arrives at this facility, which is way out in the mountains and it's huge, lovely countryside, but the facility itself has these gigantic concrete walls and like 
really obviously transplanted birch trees. Like it's a very yeah. creepy environment he is immediately placed in. It, it seems like a compound. Yeah. It's yes. Very clearly for keeping people in. Um the yard is totally empty, but you you get this shot of a like a rusty swing flying and like it kind of freaks Togusa out. Um there's gonna be a lot of these and I will try to point them out as they come up because they are important. Hmm. Uh the interior of the place is empty as well, um, but there is, I had to mention, a big, big titty, titty statue, it three-dimensionally pan- rendered. Yes, it pans up, and there's just this big titty lady statue above him in, in CG. It has nothing and to do with the episode, but it is no, funny. No, it's never seen again. It's just, oh, okay. All right, then. N- naked lady on the wall, why not? So he he walks up to a network room, which looks basically like a library computer room. Yeah. Um, where he finds a small kid hiding under one of the desks. Uh, he said, <laughs> and the kid basically looks up at him and says, "I'm going online. Today's my turn." To- I get to go online today. It's online day, and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of horrible shit that comes up, but this was pretty funny without context. Yeah. <laughs> Just the kid being like, I, I need to go online. No, I'm going online. I have to get online. I need a computer. I need a computer. I must yeah. log on to Twitter. <laughs> so, so Togus is like kind of like starting to reach his hand out when a lady kind of walks into the doorway. Her name is Marta. Um, and she stops him from talking to the kid. Uh, she says, she like leans over to the kid and says, you should be working with the others in that adult talking down to a child from a position of authority kind of voice mm-hmm. is the way I would put that. It's immediately obvious that Marta's in charge here. Yes. Uh, so two big men in like tech scrubs uh, basically like pick the kid up yeah. roughly um and you know he he starts struggling with them he starts crying really hard yelling about how it's his turn it's his day to go online today's his turn and, and toga says like hey stop manhandling that child he's just scared what the fuck are you doing um and the kid cries out and makes the like earpieces that these guys have on explode and basically knocks them out and he it's just not- Runs the hell out. Those are it's the barriers. barrier systems that, the, right. like the major use of the episodes. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're the big thing. The things around the neck. They look like wraparound earphones. Um. Mm. So yeah, he blows them up and runs out of the room. Togusa like goes to chase after him, um, but he finds a large Cyberman just holding the kid. This this dude's like ten foot tall. Like, dressed in full body armor and cyborg parts, basically, from the neck down. Like He looks like the I dude was going to say, Predator like, game. we're talking, like, Teen Titan cyborg mm-hmm. level yeah. of cyborg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this man is mostly robot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no one of those playable characters you can play in the Predator arcade game. He looks like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So that guy, that large man has captured the child and, like, knocked him out. And the guy's like, nope, he's just, he's just safely sleeping. Um, he has one of those neck Mar- brace things on that they put on criminals that make them incapacitated. Yeah, totally, totally ethical what we're doing here. Um, and so this is where Marta explains that he's too online and that it's a major problem these days. Um, and the whole like they they actually acclimate too well to their cyber brains when they receive them. Um, and like the kids that are affected by this kind of thing, they don't really have the sense of boundaries. So they'll attempt to brain dive 
into other people's heads as if that's because that's not really something okay and they'll basically fry themselves uh by other people's barriers when or they get a little bit too close if they mix the ghosts yeah yes and that's also part of it um and she also mentions that there's people who isolate themselves too hard so it's it's very clear that there's this like societally acceptable way to handle your cyber brain and yeah. this is where they send kids who are either too close to, you know, like who are either too close to people or who refuse to let anyone else in at all. And like, mm. it is kind of important to to note that like, this is all portrayed as being kind of horrifying the longer that this goes on. Oh God, yes. Togacel looks like absolutely horrified at every single thing he's shown here. Yeah, Mark's yeah. taking him around. He's just shocked at like some of these kids just standing in the hallway all staring at a TV like, you know, children of the corn style. Yes, you, you get the... Just totally blank. Yeah. yeah like catatonic. I, I should also say, uh, Marta looks a lot like Nurse Ratched um, <laughs> in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's not exactly subtle. No. <laughs> Um, yeah. and as they go through this, she is, you know, explaining all this about the kids. They walk into a ridiculously long hallway and we get this really interesting shot of like zooming down the hallway that kind of happens through Togus's eyes. It was like a 3D model shot. Yeah. Of just like endless row after row of children in pods looking at screens. Um, and it, at first you think this is an editing trick, but, like, Togusa does kind of react to, like, oh, what the fuck just happened? That was a little bit weird. But it kind of just papers over it. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's interesting to see, like, especially in this episode, it's hard to portray this again in podcast form, but the yeah. difference between the shots that are in third person versus the shots that are could be in first person yep. in this episode. Um, yes. There's a lot of switching between the objectivity, I guess, of the camera. Mm-hmm. And we we basically cut into Marta explaining that these kids are being used to create like new barrier mazes, and like oh yeah, we just snap strap the kids in and they just fucking love it. As we get a shot of a child who is like staring dead eyed and her nose starts bleeding. Yeah, uh, like it's a weird we gamified hacking situation almost where yes. they're like the kids like it actually yep. and um we sell these yeah, to then the one just starts bleeding for, um, money. Mm. <laughs> um and she's like super proud of this whole thing which oh, just yeah. makes Togusa even more horrified. Um we also get a that we then get this super zoom in on Togusa's eye that like pulls out and suddenly she's uh Marta's finishing the conversation saying, well, you'll be taking care of these yeah. kids. The shot and he is once great. again goes like, whoa, what the hell? Now. Yeah, this yeah. shot is great because it shows them standing next to a pod and like she's talking about all this like hacking and how they're working for the government and like it slowly zooms into Togus's eyes and then like it, when it's like lingering right on his eyes, he blinks, it zooms out quickly and they're at the end of the hallway and her conversation's done. And she's like, and that's yeah. the facility. And it's very disorienting to both Togusa and the viewer. It's yes. like, wait, whoa, what just, what the fuck? Yeah, like, it's really well done. Yeah, it's, it's really important to say, like, this show has been doing a lot of these really interesting and creative cuts this whole time. But also, Togusa is clearly experiencing something weird here. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she finds, she ends up by uh, pushing up a kid in a wheelchair and says... 
This is Owie. He's gonna be one of your charges along with these other kids. We'll give you one room to start because, you know, where you're a new employee and all that. Um, and says, you should take him to the room and meet the others. Owie is tall, has long hair, like uh, kind of blue-black, and he's in a wheelchair with a baseball mitt on his lap. He's not catatonic because he does like look around, but he doesn't speak. He's completely nonverbal. Um, he <laughs> might be important, maybe. Hmm. And he doesn't really respond to speech either, it seems. Yes, yes. Um, so we cut to a room with three more kids. It's a very small room with like one window. Uh, we've got a tall kid with a bowl cut, a tough looking smaller kid who I basically refer to as the leader, quote unquote, um, and a blonde girl who's doing some painting. Uh, Togusa wheels Owie into the room and, you know, starts trying to make friends with these little kids, with, with all these kids immediately. He picks up yeah. the baseball mitt and asks the big guy, and, like, hey, do you, do you want to maybe play catch or something? Well, Johnny, do you play it, it's baseball? It's the leader kid. Yeah, he has, like, a baseball. And, like, you can tell he's kind of the sport kid of the mm -hmm, group. And mm -hmm. so Togusa, yeah, picks up on it. And then the sport kid immediately jumps down and goes, hey, 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 what the fuck? Give him his mitt back, dude. You're freaking him out. Jesus. And, and like, so Togus is like, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, Togusa sorry. looks down <laughs> and like, Aoi is still not saying anything, but he is looking up at him and going like, ugh. He's kind of shaking out. Yeah. And, yeah. and Togus is like, oh, shit, I am sorry. And puts it down. Yeah. Togusa, by the way, is so nice through this whole episode yes. and I'm glad they made Togusa like consistently the only person giving any child respect in this episode. Yeah, it, it makes well, sense character wise because he does have two kids. Yes. Yeah. And it also like the kids immediately pick up on this kind of thing because they hmm. do loosen up kind of immediately. Um, bull cut kid is still like very clearly suspicious and but the the smaller kid basically starts saying you know we don't trust adults we don't really know if we like trust you fully yet so like you know respect our boundaries and all that and like togusa is once again cool with that which kind of makes sense given how they're getting treated you know by everyone else in here yeah yeah he immediately asks him like hey are you kids being mistreated like when he looks around and sees them just kind of staring there yeah um, and they sort of all kind of tense up and are just, you know, they, they clearly don't fully trust him, but they are acting, they are willing to talk to him until the kid from this morning runs in and says, the chief is coming, at which point everyone like shuts him up and is just like, yo, don't talk, don't talk about the chief, don't say chief. East Island Chief! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just this really palm in here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really good, just like, yeah, this kid coming in like, oh, the chief's gonna be here, and everyone, shut up, we don't talk about the chief, and Togus is just like, chief? the chief, huh? It should be noted when the kid <laughs> yeah. comes in and talks about the chief, all the other kids in the room like kind of perk up and listen. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's very clearly something going on here. And you do get like these kids who have been shown to be basically catatonic before this point are suddenly all, you know, they have a group dynamic going on. They talk to each other really more or less normally, quote unquote. Um, mm -hmm. And it it's very like, I, I really like the way that this episode portrays the kids for that reason, because they do have these conversations yeah. with each other. It's just the adults see them as unthinking machines that they can make a buck off of. Um, 
So with all that, we cut to Major and Bato waiting for a check-in from Togusa in basically like one of those cable vans that is actually a CIA <laughs> op. They've rolled up in the forest with a uh, with a truck that is definitely not suspicious. The forest. They're right outside the main wall. <laughs> yes. Nobody has noticed. Don't worry about it. Um, and Bato is like, or they're like getting a little antsy that he hasn't checked in and Bato calls him like, yeah, that loser. He's probably just been I'm caught like, already. I'm like, hey, <laughs> leave him alone. I like him. He's just a normal guy. Come on. Um, Togusa finally ca- like patches in via one of the illicit lines, uh, outside of the thing. Because part of the thing about this, uh, facility is that they very carefully control access to online. Yeah. Um, so he is literally hacking into some cables in the side. He tells them to look into, like, what Chief might be. And there's this really funny dub thing where, like, I assume that in the, dub, in the like, original version, they are actually saying, like, Chifu or something like that. But here, everyone has to act like they've never heard the word Chief before, like, even though they call Arakawa that what's all the time. Chief? Does that mean the boss? And it's like, yeah, you, that's what you call your boss. I you thought that maybe they the were... Chief. Yeah, it was definitely like a dub thing, but like I thought like yeah. maybe it was the major trying to clarify chief as opposed to, you know, boss versus maybe, you know, like a Native American, you know, head honcho. Yeah, I meant to go back and look at the original Japanese to see if they're using a different word, but I forgot. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Figure so, it out yourself. <laughs> good luck, everybody. Um, so Togusa basically cuts off the contact at that point and he realizes that someone, like he lifts some wires up and realizes someone else has also been tapping this line. And then I guess he didn't see this before now, but uh, on the panel that he's opened up, there is a an oil painting with the uh, laughing man. I knew what I'd do. I'd become one of those deaf mode, deaf mode, uh, deaf mute, mute quotes. Yeah. Um, but it also says, or should I, on the bottom of it. And he's a little bit confused about this. Hmm. He, he touches it and he realizes it's blue oil paint. Yes, and that it's, it's very fresh, basically. Um, yeah. And we immediately hard cut to the blonde girl who has drawn a very photorealistic sketch of Owie and uh, Togusa looking over it and saying, like, wow, that's absolutely amazing. We pan over to the easel that she was at earlier, and it looks like it's blanked. Uh, and like the easel itself is blank, even though there's a bunch of art supplies like sitting right down next to yeah, it. Yeah, the canvas specifically is empty. oil paint. Yeah, yes, the canvas he, he is empty, does... and there's no oil painting used at all. Yes, and he does notice that there are oil paints down there. Um, we get another cut of the girl's face, and she has that same dead-eyed look uh, from the like all the kids who have been in the hallway for a while so like it's it's becoming more and more clear like that the kids do not in fact actually have fun and enjoy building brain mazes for uh, their capitalist overlords all day <laughs> weird um and then she says i'm going to create a world of beauty my eyes will view through a new mind and we cut back to the to the zone the child labor zone uh togusa's Basically having a friendly chat with the short kid um, who is, like, in his because little thing. He's he's in his pod, but he's not, like, jacked in. Like, yeah. he's totally just, like, 
pooping on company time. Yep. <laughs> like, I love, this kid rules for the record. Mm-hmm. This kid absolutely kicks ass. Yes. Yeah. And like Togusa shows up and the kid's like, hey, man, don't tell him. He's like, it's cool. It's cool. You're good, boss. <laughs> like, yeah. It's fine. I won't tell nobody. <laughs> yeah. And the kid, and, and then the kid's just like, oh, thank you. Thank fucking God. You are actually one of the cool ones. Um, And then he dares him to plug into the bowl cut kid well, from the before. Kid, first the kid looks at like one of the like he, he turns to Togus and he says you want to see some cool stuff yeah and like looks at one of the screens of like incomprehensible data and circles and shapes and stuff and Togus is like I can't you read just that. read that visual like on like offhand no and the kid's just like yeah can you pearl. not yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, can you not? And he's like, okay. Then you wanna you wanna see something really cool? Well, here you can see it through uh, my buddy's brain here. If you just jack into the back of his head and like Togusa looks at it for a second and has this moment of like, huh, maybe I shouldn't. The kid's like, oh yeah. By the way, uh, one of the other staff jacked into his brain and got quantum entangled with his ghost and is uh, stuck in there forever. And then like fucking <laughs> eyeballs roll up from the inside of these jacks and look back at Togusa and Togusa like pulls back and then it's just like you know i think i'll pass i'm good thanks <laughs> it's uh, a yeah. very surreal in the God editing bless togusa yes yeah. it, it, and it's it really, really is freaky this... for the record it's it's really creepy when they do it i was like oh my god yeah it's <laughs> unexpected <laughs> yes yeah. well because again like you are just in the cyber zone and the kids like you know oh you should jump into this dude it might be a little dangerous though and togusa stares at it and it is a really long cut of it just slowly zooming into the guy's ports and, and then, then the eyeballs, eyeballs show look up. back at him, and it's like, whoa, what the fuck? And again, Togus is seeing all this shit. Oh, dear. He's like, uh, maybe not. And then the kid calls no. him a fucking coward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the matter? You scared to brain dive? Whatever, dude. Um, and that's, that's the end of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we cut to Togus uh, pushing Owie down the hallway. Uh, he kind of gently breaks into college. He's, he's having a conversation with Aoi, even though he doesn't respond. And he gently asks, hey, do, do you think you might know who the chief is? Um, but before we can get any sort of reaction or non-reaction, uh, Marta walks out of her office with an aide. And I, I don't think it's the cyber bot. In no, this it's version. not. And he's not important. It's just a guy. Yeah. Um, and she says that, hey, I'm going out to an industry gather- gathering. I'm going to be off site and, you know, just going to completely leave my office alone for a little bit. <laughs> um, as they walk away, Togusa basically is like, hey, you don't mind just waiting here for a moment to Owie and breaks into my, Marta's office. The lockpicking lawyer would have such a field day with this lock. It's <laughs> yeah, so he breaks it with like he, a butter knife. Yeah, he's it's like, a oh. paint. Uh, Our paint. Like, Scapel, yeah. Scapel, yeah, yeah, yeah. paint scapel. You just, just slide yeah. it in and the lock opens. It's like, come on, wow, dude. that's a terrible lock right there. Yeah, he basically hits it with the credit card trick, which only works if, like, it's not even a lock. On the shittiest <laughs> door, yeah. It's yes. so bad. But it's got a faceplate. It can't be hacked. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so this office is lavish. It has, like statues you know greek roman looking statues and a gigantic oil painting of sunflowers Hmm. um which who knows where that could have come from could have been anywhere um as he goes through her computer we get a shot of uh you know marta on the other side kind of like looking over at the window and being like hang on a second i left the stove on (laughs) yeah exactly 
uh, Togus is like, ah, oh, damn it, I can't find anything about this chief here. And I, I also what he what he's complaining about is like, oh, I have to read this instead yes. of just being, being it. If I was like a cyber body, I could just like download, download this and, and save it for it. later. Now I have to use my dumb human eyes to scan through. All this Man, this <laughs> control F rocks actually. It does. <laughs> Um, but as he's doing this, Owie's wheelchair pulls into the doorway. Uh, it's being pushed by Marta, and now she has gigantic cyber dude with her. Uh, she says that she won't, that he won't find anything about the chief here, which is a little bit weird, because huh. Togus has never brought that up to her before. Yeah, so, like, clearly she knows there's a, there's something weird going on. There's, there's some shit going down. Huh. Um, and she sticks the cyber dude on him. Uh, Togusa lifts up the the painting scalpel and is like, oh, you, you want to fucking go, dude, as this giant robot walks up to him and is like, you're going to fight me with that? <laughs> well, <laughs> at first Togusa's like, hey, man, let's not do it in here. There's some really nice paintings. Yes. And then he, like, the guy's like, you're going to hit me with that? And Togusa's like, what? And then just gets removed yes. from the frame. <laughs> fucking overhead throws Togusa into the painting of the, uh, of the sunflowers. And... The guy starts walking up to him menacingly as Togus is, like, you know, bleeding out the mouth and stuff. And Togus says, like, you shouldn't mess with paintings, man. They're not replaceable. It's it's really fucked up to mess with someone's art by judo truck chucking someone into it. Um, <laughs> Cyber guy lifts him up and Togus pulls out his revolver and fires all six shots into his chest. Which does actually manage to kill him, so... Success. Yay. It should be noted when he gets thrown into the painting, the uh, uh, Owie looks over. Like he breaks his dead stare and looks yes, at Togusa. Yes, he does actually start looking and like, you know, watching as this as this happens. Yeah. Um, Togusa looks up and looks over at Owie and be like, you, you okay, kid? And he realizes that Marta is not standing next to him anymore. We get this great shot of the camera panning to show Marta right behind Togusa with a little easel that she like fucking domes him with. Yeah. Breaks on his head. Yes. Yeah. He he falls over and blood starts like, you know, pooling around his head. So like, uh, shit. Hmm. Um, Marta plugs into his, like into the back of his head and she's like section nine. Oh shit. That's actually a pretty big problem. She then, like, gets, like, a, you know, I'm being hacked face. Uh, we get a little bzzz noise. I call that a digital fart noise in my notes. Yeah, <laughs> and she just passes out right on top of and him. And she passes out on top of him. Uh, Owie stands up out of the wheelchair, and we cut over to Major and Bato. That's really uh, now that Now that all of the adults are out of the room, Buzz Lightyear can come to life. Yeah, so. basically. <laughs> Uh, so Aoi stands up and we cut to the Major and Bato instantly. Uh, the I guess this is the AI lady that was brought up a few episodes ago. Says that like all the terminals in the place are, are you know, turning on. I'm seeing all this activity. And suddenly she gets counterhacked uh, by the, you know, like by someone in there. So clearly shit's going down. So... Major um, and Bato pull in. It should be noted those uh, the lady who got hacked here is a droid or like a robot or something. They have a ton of them just sitting around Section Nine HQ. It's not an actual yes. person. Like I said, the, they're the AI ladies that yeah. were mentioned in passing in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. um, 
We cut to the terminal room from the start of the episode where everyone is just having a super fun time and you can see everyone just playing and having fun. Yeah, go uh, back peeping Tom. Yeah. The kid from the start is like, yo, I counterhacked that lady who was listening on us. Fucking got her. And everyone's going <laughs> nuts about it. And yeah, it, it's, it's very clear that this is all stuff that they never show the adults, but that, you know, they're fine showing it to each other. Yeah, it, this is all of the kids that have we've seen the entire rest of this episode be completely catatonic. They're all completely animated like normal kids. Like, they're yeah. having fun time yeah. running around, talking to each other, stuff like that. So, yeah. Keep it's that an in elementary mind. school pizza party. Basically. basically. Also, one yeah. thing I should say is, while a vast majority of the people at this place are kids, there are adults in here. Yes, um, there are a few like yeah. adults who are also kind of just standing around and like playing with everyone happily. So it, it's yeah. very much a like, we cannot be these people around the rest of society kind of thing, which mm-hmm. again, I, I really like the way that this episode portrays like th- this kind of, pe- you know, like, these people, because it is just you find someone that you want to talk to and suddenly everything just kind of opens up. Um, we get Owie walking in and, and, uh, the kid from the, the short kid is basically like, oh, hey, chief. Um, yeah. he says, and Owie just basically says, hey, uh, I, you know, shit's gotten real now. A bunch of adults are about to come get me. I really need to go. It should be noted that Owie is animated like a normal person here. Like he's yes, not catatonic he is not at catatonic. all. He's not catatonic. He is just talking fine. to him totally yeah. normally. Um, the short kid immediately understands, oh, you're going to have to leave. And, oh, you're going to have to wipe our memory, aren't you? Like, we, we could protect you, couldn't we? And he's just like, no, this is actually pretty serious. And the kid's just like, ah, oh, well. Well, could you at least give us something to remember you, to remember you by? Um, and Owie likes that. He, he also mentions something about they won't be cheering him on in Virtual City Alpha ever again, which I'm sure <laughs> will never come up. Virtual City Alpha was also mentioned by the kid at the start, the one under the desk. Yeah. Yes. It's my like, time online. I yes, need to go to Virtual to go City Alpha. Alpha I, I so. don't think it's brought up. I think it's like an MMO or something they're talking about. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, then we're going to help you in the MMO ever again. <laughs> we have to leave your WoW guild then. Owie's like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> We'll never clear Black Rock Spire. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we get this really dramatic scene of Major and Bato running through the hallways as like operatic music plays on top of them. Um, Major runs in on Togusa. There are the lady's body is not there. Togusa's head isn't bleeding. And one of the statues that was in the back has a bunch of gun wound, has a bunch of gun holes, like basically in the stomach in it. Huh. Major can't wake Togusa up, and the scene just cuts there. Which is, I like how they just end. Oh. They, there's no follow up to this. It's great. Yep. So the the viewer is left to ponder, what happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> how much of that was real? How much of that was made up? Who knows? We'll talk about it after this episode ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get a hard cut to the office where everyone except Togusa is just kind of talking to each other. Togusa clearly remembers this Owie kid, but like, it, uh, uh, like there's everyone else is just saying, yeah, there's no record that this kid exists. Yeah, Ishikawa I, looked into it and they couldn't find anything about him. There was nothing about this kid. And it's like, you know, the records could have been disabled, but that would be a really crazy hack if someone could do that. That would be wild. Mm. Um, they, Togusa basically describe, like, they, they 
I think it's Bato rattling off a description, or actually Ishikawa rattles off a description of him that is accurate to what the viewer has seen in this episode, and talks about how there was, he was holding a left-handed catcher's mitt, which Bato immediately recognizes as internet slang for something that seems to exist but doesn't. Um, it is worth noting that a catcher's mitt is also a catcher in the rye reference, just for mm. those keeping up with you. For those keeping up on the side, um, Holden has a catcher's mitt that belonged yeah. to his brother in that. And yes, yeah, sunflowers. Hmm. Um, I like that book. Weird. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're all kind of making fun of him like, oh, yeah, I guess that's why he wanted to submit a drawing. And he said that there was a drawing in there, but we couldn't find anything about that. Um, maybe yep. he, he said he'd submit a drawing from his own cyber brain as well. Yeah, they mentioned that they, uh, Togusa talked about the life or the uh, realistic drawing that that blonde girl drew, but they said they couldn't find it. Yep. Wild. Um, and so he's going to provide a, a drawing just that he had from memory. Uh, Togusa basically walks into the room saying like, He's super proud of himself because he drew it from his cyber brain. And this is my finest work yet. Just look, guys, we got a picture of the laughing man. He slaps it down. Everyone looks like really confused. And suddenly Togus is looking on with like horror because (laughs) it's just the laughing man logo. Yeah, the major's like, you went to a weird place and weird shit happened to you, buddy. Yeah, like, it's very clear that he, you know, it's not like he's doing this as a goof. He pulled that out of his memory, and it has clearly yeah. been tampered with. Yeah, what it's the very hell? funny, because he looks proud of the drawing he does, and the immediate, like, the instant he puts it on the ground, or on the desk, and everyone looks at it, he then, like, I guess, snaps out of it and realizes, realizes what he drew. What he Realizes drew. what it actually is. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Um, we then cut back to a guy in the, in the institution, uh, walking, an adult, walking through the yeah, hallways. Um, and it's the, the whole thing is shot in a blue light. So like very clearly different, very like alienating and sterile. Uh, he looks into the room that Togusa was in charge of and the three kids are just staring at the wall. So like not even as much animation as Togusa got when he brought Aoi in. Um, but the one thing that isn't sitting on a pedestal kind of at the end of the room is a catcher's mitt with another catcher in the rye line from it. You know what I'd like to be? I mean, if I had my goddamn choice, I'd just be a catcher, the catcher in the rye and all. If I which, remember correctly, that's the line after the Laffy Man quote line. Yes, it is. Book. It's yeah. basically the, the whole soliloquy that uh, Holden gives in the middle of the book. So we got to think here before we go on to episode 12. Um, yeah, we're going long because this episode is something. <laughs> there's a lot that goes on this episode, especially with the editing. But like, if you think about it really hard, well, not really hard, but like knowing where where it goes how, how do i say this what do you think happened here i'll just open it up with that sure if you that haven't seen the scene what, what do you think happened in this episode Ooh, that's yeah it's tricky to know exactly what was real was any of it real <laughs> was it there, there are certain mm-hmm. shots in this episode that kind of if you're paying attention give it away the first one is i think uh when he Togusa immediately walking into the, the swing. place, the swing set. Yeah. And yeah. then the first thing that the woman says to him, the Marta says to him after he sees the kid underneath the benches, are you in cyber brain autistic mode? Which is a way of the, it's kind of a bad choice in localization. But when they say uh, autistic mode for cyber brains, they mean airplane mode. Like, do you have your radio off? 
Um, yeah. That's, ah. Yeah. It, it's not easy to pick up here, but they will use that expression a bit more in the future. And okay. So, yeah, she I did see if, that. I wasn't sure if that was a thing. Yeah. And that is important, I feel, um, mm-hmm. to try to figure out what happened in here. Right. It was... Uh, a lot of it was definitely... You know, like not real. I mean, the Cyberman was clearly not real. Yes. He shot a statue in oh, the. And end. I think the biggest thing, like, from it is he was basically hacked immediately when yes. he came in, and That's like everything good, that he uh, was seeing is kind of being uh, deduction influenced by yeah. everything. Because yeah. Mart is not real. The Cyberman was not. Yeah, let's real. work this Although... backwards. The Cyberman's not real because we saw the statue with the bullet holes in it. Yes. Right. Marta wasn't there when the major came into the office. Yes. So she's probably think, not real. I do think that Marta was a real person because I think the whole scene in the office, because uh, when the major walks in, the statues and the painting are still there. And that's basically saying that, like, Marta did exist, but, you know, we the kids have kind existed. of handled it. And that she, Marta was also very clearly taking advantage of them. And of course, the kids are yeah. all aware of it because kids aren't stupid. They recognize shit like this. But if we don't think that Marta existed in the last scene, does that mean she ever existed in any of the previous scenes? That is a fair question. Whether the Marta that we were seeing from the rest no, of it was I, I think the Marta we were seeing the whole time was fake. Was mm-hmm. uh, projection from Aoi. Whoever Aoi really is, because he he's certainly a real person i'm not sure if he's the original laughing man but he's certainly a super hacker yes yes we we, the viewer know that aoi exists because we saw him outside of any of togusa's uh perspective i guess yes yes i think he definitely uh like the way she just sort of like her eyes went white and collapsed in herself and fell like she was very much a puppet form yes for for aoi i really like too that um, the, like the time where it really went off the rails and everything was like clearly a fabrication is when uh, Togusa left Aoi alone for like yeah. a minute yes. and then he was wheeled in by a bunch of fake people and yep. was like oh what's good you left me alone that was that was fucked up yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah and the line about like you know oh that she won't learn anything about the chief in here isn't actually Marta it's, it's Aoi, Aoi saying yes. that to him which, Which means that again, when Marta hacked into him, that wasn't actually Marta finding about Section 9. That was Owie. That was Owie finding later. Section 9. Yeah. yeah. But the, the call to the outside was real because that went to the Major and Bato, who yes. were not hacked. That's when Probably. all of the things went online. The uh, AI lady inside the van said that like everything had gone online at once. And we had seen that all of the children in there were fucking around in the computer room. Yeah. So, one of the things I do think about this episode and kind of... A lot of the, uh, I guess you could say, abuse or like I guess neglect that you would see that like a mm. lot of these kids have happened. It is abuse. <laughs> I don't really think it happens. Mm. Um, I think almost everything that Togusa seen sees in this episode should be taken with a bit of suspicion. Mm-hmm. Especially, I, I also I kind of feel like it's likely like a recollection of the kids showing him how they feel they've been treated. Yes, like the kids, like immediately, of course, don't trust him at first because he's an adult. But as they see more and more of how he acts throughout the episode, how he's trying to, you know, be friendly and help them, they start to open themselves up a bit more to him. Yes, and it it is very realistic to like, you know, mental institution treatments where like a lot of the people who work in these don't really view these 
children or adults as human beings. Yeah, they're not empathetic. And therefore, you develop like defense mechanisms around them. They only expect to ever see you as an empty shell. So why would you present as anything else exactly. other than that to them? Yeah. And, and so like all yeah. the kids just staring at the walls that we see in the first episode and, you know, it's to the adults, they see these kids as empty shells, but really when no one's around, they're interacting with each other just like people would. Yeah. It's, it is a really interesting portrayal and I like really like the way that they do it. And like how, even if this is a, like, you know, bigger, even if you take all this with a grain of salt, like this, the whole concept of this, where it's like, these people are useless to society. Let's send them to a center where we can make money off of them and profit yeah, off of them. God. It's really fucked up what's being done to these children. Yeah. And there's, yeah. of course, obviously the real life allegories for the stuff that happens like this, you know, like QA work in software is a big one that happens in this sort of situation. And it's really sad, but yeah. As a whole, this episode is kind of a precedent to, not precedent, but it gives some foresight, I guess, of what's going to happen with the rest of the Laughing Man case. Obviously, Aoi is a character that we will be seeing more of, but um, who knows <laughs> how it'll tie into the Laughing Man. Indeed. And, uh, but not in the next fucking episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> and now Baby's it's time for Baby's Day Out. Baby's Day Out. It's a standalone episode, if you haven't guessed. It's just standalone. I don't even know what the name of it was. It's just Baby's Day Out. That's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Is Joe Matoya um, in this? <laughs> <laughs> so we open in the uh, the Tachikoma facility and we see inside the cockpit of one of them. Um, she like breaks out of her little enclosure, wanders over to another one. It's like, hey, hey how are you up? We need to synchronize and you haven't updated me. Hey. How come you guys are excluding me? Hmm. Yeah. Give me the info too. There's a clock. It's like five in the morning. Of course they're sleeping. Yeah. yeah, it's all on secu- shot on security cameras and shit, too. It's really funny. <laughs> she spots some natural oil and, like, sneaks over. And then she, like, opens the outdoor and she's she's free. She's escaped. She's like, yeah, I'm So much go out. data. I can go out. I can get more EXP. So we see shots of her wandering outside. With, like, um, really happy baby music. Yes. It's so, like, full of wonder. I gotta talk about this music for a second. So uh, this <laughs> yeah. music it's like is, like... synth flutes. It's, a, like, a classical quartet piece, but, like, yes. the instrumentation in the quartet is purposely played sloppy, like it's children doing it. Yes. And it yeah. perfectly fits with this scene. It's, uh, it's very, so like, good. optimistic so and whimsical, so... Yeah, she's like so happy to be out. She's going through some back alleys. She's looking at some trash and uh, she bumps into a small child who's calling for her, for Loki, who's her dog. And she asks, hey, hey, Tank, have you have you seen him? And Tank's like, uh, I don't haven't seen a dog. Nope. There's like internal no. shots of like the, the Tachikoma running Loki through its like voice synthesis software <laughs> yes. trying to figure out what the fuck it is. <laughs> Could a locky be? And then she's like, "It's my dog." And she's like, "No, not 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 seen a dog." And so the girl's like, "Well, my dog is lost. Will you, will you help me find them?" Tank's like, "Uh, but I, I want to go into town." And the little girl's like, "Well, I'm going into town. That's where I'm going to look for my dog." And so so baby's like, "Oh well, okay, okay. I guess we can go out to town." And holds out its arm, and the girl's like confused but then reaches out to shake this tank's arm and it's like you know how they have three pincer fingers like she grabs one of the little pincer fingers and her hand is like 
so incredibly tiny compared to this. You get some shots of just how small this girl is next to a literal tank. Yeah, the Tachikoma's arms are also machine guns too, so you know. Yes, yeah, it's worth yeah. noting. There, there's a lot of shots like this of this cute little innocent girl. With tank. With a tank. Next to Lockheed hey. Martin's best. Yes, her yeah, name is very Miki, blatant by the way. military hardware. Yep. <laughs> so uh, they leave the alley, and as they leave, the camera pans up, and you see this uh, teenage girl with purple hair who's watching them from above, and she looks uh, quite a bit like a young major. Probably no. not, though. Who's could say? <laughs> <laughs> she has red eyes as well. Purple hair, red eyes, yep. Hmm. Uh, so they wander into to town with Mickey holding on to with her little hand onto onto the Tachikoma, and it's very cute. Uh, Mickey sees uh, a Stan rescuer. She's like, "Hey, I could buy one of these and feed it to the dog." And the street kebabs. Yeah, and baby scans the man and the stand, and then goes, "Maybe you shouldn't." There's a great there's a great shot in here of like scanning the meat and it just says unknown next to it. <laughs> just like, it's the Simpsons like, joke with like the raccoon and the boot yes. going to the hot dog. Not, not a good idea. So Accurate to the street meat experience, which I am I I will stand for. I'm just it's saying. Absolutely. So so baby's like, oh, oh god, how do I Oh, dog, dog. <laughs> goes over goes over to the dog and just picks it up and it's pincers and this dog is like <laughs> this is also like a, you know, mangy, yeah, yeah. It's a wolfy dog. type dog. Yes, Very absolutely. obviously a stray. And he's like, no, that's that's not my dog. And baby's like, well, not your dog. I better just throw that away. And then he just, just fucking chucks this dog down the street <laughs> into an alley. Just, there you go. <laughs> Goodbye. No sense of right or wrong. Yeah, yeah is like, and no, the- no, baby. <laughs> What no, that was so mean. That was so mean. And then the Tachikoma was like, "What's mean? How is it mean? It's not your dog, so it's useless to us, it's right?" And the dog. kid's like, "You can't just fucking throw a dog." <laughs> and baby Tachikoma is like, "Okay, okay, don't throw dogs. Got it. Okay. That is now high up in the database. Don't put, throw dogs. Put that, put that in the brain. It's fine now. He puts it on the list of prime directives. Don't chuck dogs." <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they move into an even sketchier part of town uh, in back alleys. Baby just goes rooting around in in the trash and finds a cyber brain. It's like, ooh, present. The cyber brain, by the way, looks like a Dreamcast. Or not a Dreamcast, it looks like a Saturn. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. It's a Sega Saturn (laughs) cyber brain. Yes. It looks like what Saturn ads thought the Saturn looked like. like The top half of a brain in a black case with a bunch of confusing nonsensical ports on the outside of it. Nights into dreams. So the baby just jacks itself right in. It's it like right in. You see like images of a bunch of nerves, and the baby's like, "Oh, this is cool. Oh, oh, there's a ghost in this brain. Ooh." Uh, and then like Mickey comes over, is like, "Hey, hey, what are you doing? Don't steal that brain. What, what the hell are you doing?" Baby's like, "Uh, don't take things that don't belong to you, baby. Is theft wrong? <laughs> but I take things from crime scenes all the time. That's just my job." <laughs> So Mickey, like, well, I can't trust you. So she just puts her dog leash on <laughs> It's very funny. It, it's yeah, on to, like... So funny. It, it's on to the tank gun cover. Like, we yeah. saw Bato remove the key for this, uh, like, a few episodes back. Yeah, the so, Tachikomas like, in the front of them right have, like, where, I guess, a spider's mouth would be. It's, a, like, a turret. Not a turret, but, like, a 
I don't know, cannon area. And yeah, it's normally a tank it's, cannon. Yeah, and normally it's covered by this like little shield thing, so they can't just shoot guns wildly. Probably a good idea. But uh, <laughs> it has a little key next to it, and so the girl, of course, leashes it. What? Well, you don't trust these baby tanks. We just picked up a cyber brain. It's just, it's so funny because the Tachikoma like reacts like, ah, shit, sorry. Like, oh, I guess I do need I guess I do need a leash. Uh. And then, rather fortunately, some cops show up and they're like, small child on her own. Oh, dear. In this neighborhood. In this neighborhood. Hey, hey, small child, uh, is that your pet? Is that your pet robot? Did, do your parents know where you are? And Nikki is like very clearly like, oh god, uh, oh, I'm very uncomfortable with these strange cops like leaning in. We get a shot of uh, Baby Tank like looking down at her, looking up at the cops, like back and forth, like thinking through this, recognizing mm. what's going on. And then so Baby Tank starts mimicking the chief's voice. She's like, I'm the guardian of this kid. She st- she starts doing this angry old man yells out. He's like, I I was a veteran from the last war, and I gave up my body for this country, and I'm put into a robot, and you dare call me a pet? It's fantastic. (laughs) It's so good. Like, okay. Okay. The ultimate veteran just, like, taking something way too hard impression. It's, oh, God, it's it's perfect. perfect. Yelling at those clouds in the chief's voice. It's very funny. It's funny, too, because we saw, like, that CEO guy in that little boxy robot before. So, like, it's not unheard of for people to have non-humanoid stuff. cyber bodies I guess to walk around yeah. it it just seems weird because like she had it on a leash and so the cops yes. obviously assumed <laughs> the worst yeah <laughs> so then after the cops leave uh, baby's like hey we should go to that uh, seaside park let's still go look for your dog there and we, we also get another shot of the kid realizing that baby is covering for her and she's like super happy that she mm-hmm. can trust this tank she just decides to tr- trust baby tanks. Like, yeah, that was so cool. How did you do that? It's awesome. Uh, we, we, as they're leaving, once again, we pan up, and the same teenager from before is watching them from up above as they leave. With a very major, like, pose, but it's, don't worry about don't, it. Don't worry it's about it. not the major. Why would you ever say that? That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, so the, the baby tank is, is uh, driving across a bridge, Mickey's on top of her. We it's, gotta talk about this. It's, Tachikoma's yeah. on the freeway, and the yes. girl is sitting on top of the Tachikoma <laughs> like it's a horse. Ghost riding the Tachikoma. Yeah. And on clearly going, like, at least 45 miles yes. an hour. Yeah. Like, it's, like, pretty fast. They are <laughs> like, rolling. Yeah. So, Child should not be on no. top without some Child form of fucking be belt or harness. Inside the robot right now. Oh right, you can just be inside the <laughs> right. robot. Yeah, She's really should have just later. put the kid inside. Yeah, she is later. <laughs> it just reminds me of like, uh, what's the oh the the uh, Ghibli anime about the little fish girl Ponyo? Yeah, who yes. like. Where she's like riding on top of stuff like way too fast next to the highway. It's like that, except she's just on top of a robot. You're yep. just like, small child, stay safe. <laughs> um, so Mickey starts talking about her, her precious dog, Loki, about how we did everything together. And she loved him very much. And of course, baby's like, well, how did your dog get lost if you were always together? In my sweet baby voice. Mm-hmm. And so Mickey starts talking about the story of a secret goldfish. She says a story about a girl around her age who doesn't want anyone to see her fish. She, she saved up her allowance. Yeah, and... she bought it with her own money. She doesn't want anyone to see it. Doesn't want the adults to see it. It's a secret goldfish. But it turns out the real reason she doesn't want anyone to see it is because the goldfish died uh, a long time ago. 
And she doesn't uh, want anybody to feel sad for her because her yes. goldfish died. So yeah, she doesn't show the baby's anyone. like, well, why don't you just like spend money on new parts and you know fix your goldfish? Fiber goldfish. <laughs> just, right? And Mickey's like, hey, no, uh, when pets die, they can never be brought back. They're they're dead. And what? <laughs> what? Dead? Yeah, this scene is very much the Tachikoma oh, not understanding death. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah. Tachikoma's just straight up like, oh yeah, sorry, I can't comprehend death because I'm an AI. That's, I can't die. So on. like, yeah. Oh, is this is that? Like, okay, oh, great. Oh right, you're talking about death. Got it. And Barry's like, oh well, I don't really get it. And the girl's like, yeah, I don't want the adults to think I'm sad because a goldfish died. I'd already said goodbye and cried enough. Um, so the seaside park view turns out to be a cemetery, and there they find uh, Lockie's grave. This a dog got a, this dog got a really nice grave, unlike it's the seaside yeah, cemetery. It's such a nice headstone. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's got to be at least like a couple hundred dollars yeah. for that headstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mickey's like, I, I already knew he was dead. He was he was ill for a very long time, and when I got home a few days ago, he wasn't there. Um, my she starts crying. She's like my mom and dad pretending he ran away, and like I know he's dead, but I don't want them to think I'm sad. So I have to pretend that I'm you know looking for my lost dog. You know I have to go out. It's a very convoluted <clears throat> excuse for this kid to try to deal with the trauma of death. Yes. Yes. I I do really like that they've had two straight episodes of like adults don't actually know shit about children <laughs> because it's true. Also, uh, as an aside right here, that's playing the music that plays in this background has some like really somber kind of like violin thing, you know, to kind of portray the whole, you know, gravitas of death. But inside of yep. this song, there is a like uh, I don't know a melody that uh, what is it Daisy the bicycle built for two the one that Hal sings in two thousand one. Right. There is a kind of uh, I don't know verse of that in the songs which is mm-hmm. very silly because the touch yes. is just there staring <clears throat> yep. yeah and she's like i didn't want my parents to see me sad and this is when baby explains that uh i'm an ai i don't have a ghost and i don't really understand death or sadness because if i get damaged i'm just gonna get repaired and i, I don't feel emotions i so think the thing weirdly she, the thing she says specifically is that she gets backed up and synced with the other people so she can't really die yes and this is yes. actually important but as she like <laughs> says this uh a bit of like the motor oil basically starts dripping down from her you know the thing that humans recognize as the eye hole on these the <laughs> yeah they have like four Let's of them say. Yeah, so like even as she say, even as like Baby Tank is explaining, I I can't feel anything. I don't understand death at all. There is this like oil tears starting to run down its face. It's it's a really interesting scene. Hmm. Yeah, and then the baby's like, "Hey, um, you should you should go home. Your parents are probably really sad that you're you're gone and they can't find you." Um, so they do leave the cemetery, and again, the teenager's reverse is just watching them. Who could it be? Who could it be? And then the baby's driving back along the bridge, but this time Mickey is safely inside her. Yes, baby on board sticker is applied. <laughs> and then the, the inner screens light up, and to be or not to be scrolls uh, across them. How how weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back at the base. And we get the fallout from baby's yes, day out. The baby's now hooked up with a bunch of wires. Uh, Bathroom and Togas are there. Like, what the hell happened? Why did this baby run away? 
They shouldn't do that. The bouncer was just like, <sighs> and the uh, baby's like, hey, hey, don't look so serious. It's not like I ran away. It's, it's fine. I'm back. <laughs> I came back. I came back. When Serene says baby, she means the Tachikoma. The kid I is mean, gone the at this point. I, I, yes. I <laughs> the, call the, the heavy baby. baby. The heavy baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the kid the is no longer baby. in this episode. Yeah. No. Yes. Kid's yeah. gone. This, I call it the small child is gone. Baby, the tank is still here. Um, so apparently there are some like trace amounts of proteins found in the baby's brain, and that, that basically made the AI get a little bit sentient. <laughs> yeah, Bato was like, using they gave, organic they, oil. They used natural oil. Yeah, he said it was natural oil, and they're like, Turns out that paid just, off. Like, you know that's forbidden. You can't give them the good juice. <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> they might start They go thinking. wild if you give them the good juice. I do like yeah. this. Uh, they never really expand the... Uh, uh, I don't know, like, think about this less than the rest of the series, but, like, the whole idea is Bacha here is giving natural oil, which may have organic, you know, chemical molecules in it, and yeah. that somehow gets their AI core to start freaking out and doing weird things, which is why this particular Tachikoma ran away, which yep. makes me think is, like, maybe this AI that in, are in the Tachikomas are not, like, silicon-based, but maybe, like, carbon-based or, like, some sort of, like, brain cells or something. It's definitely got, like, a positronic brain Asimov yes. kind of feel to it, where they don't really explain the science behind it, except that that it can have weird interactions with all exactly. natural oil. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, Togusang gets mad at Bato, says they're not cats, don't baby them so much, they're just machines. And all, all the Tashikomas start yelling at him. He's like, <laughs> that's a discriminatory remark. We demand a retraction. Togus is a bigot. Machines need love too. <laughs> I, I love these babies so much. They're so adorable. This remember how the uh, air of that Reddit post is like, my 29 female, Tachikomas, one male, one male, one female, one female, have unionized. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also, remember people, treat your servers as herd, not pets. Yeah. So they're like, well, this will be news to AI research, but damn, the manager's going to be pissed. And, yeah, uh, I love the, sorry, as an aside, the bot is like, yeah, if they, the people at the AI research lab find out about this, they'd be going crazy. <laughs> Ishikawa is literally like, it developed individuality from this. This is a major scientific breakthrough. <laughs> but man, you pissed off your boss. <laughs> yeah, we're section nine. We're actually in office trouble. <laughs> And uh, Togusa finds the cyber brain that the baby found in his. It was just back in his trunk, it. by the yeah, way. Yep, just brought back with it. Uh, Major walks in, and yeah, she's she's angry. She bans the use of natural oil, tells Togusa to take the brain to the lab, and Battle's like, "How did the major know everything that was going on? I'm sure she didn't have watch the, everything. Everything in the body of a teenager. That would be weird." Yeah, why would the major ever, you know, don a different cyber body? That's weird, and she would never. That would be weird. That would be extremely weird. So we cut, and they're examining this box, and apparently it's it's been connected online this whole time. And now one of their inspectors that jacked it to see what it was about is lost inside it. Oops. Oops. Um. So we talk about how the brain like synced with the Tachikoma AI and dumped a bunch of data into the baby. And the major thought at first this was a brainwashing program, but it, it clearly isn't. Ishikawa was like, well, I thought it might be a defense base, but there's no attack or program backflow. So why is this dude lost? He's not like trapped in there. Like there, there's nothing program wise keeping him. him yeah, they basically say he could come back at any time, but he just chooses not to. He's clearly choosing. Yeah, not and they kind of mentioned they're like, yeah, it's by his choice, which is what's weird about it. Yeah. 
So Ishikawa shows uh, the manager of the record of tr- like trying to track this guy because they they basically were tracking him and then they lost him. He was in like a dark hallway with some stairwa- stairs down the back and he just went towards him and they lost him. So Major's like, well, time for me to jump in. And Ishikawa's like, holy shit, no, we don't we don't have clearance for that. What if you also get lost? The, the chief will kill me. <laughs> and the Major's like, no, no, this shit's already getting getting real. I have to jump in. Um, so she does. And she's like, well, this is a lot of data for dull graphics. He's just walking through a blank hallway. Yep, it's a shitty hallway, all right. It was programmed on sound. So yes, of course it doesn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No glitches out. Whenever too, she's they, in it, it like glitches out a bit as well. And she also makes a note of like, well, at least whoever programmed this was nice enough to just make me only able to walk forward. Because like behind <laughs> her, the hallway is just a dead end. So just this huge dead end hallway. And she's like, eh, at least it's not confusing to find my way around, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so she sees a dim light at the staircase and hears some voices. But then like she starts stuttering and Ishikawa's like, oh shit, her ghost just got lost in the data. So she... Is in the exact same situation as their inspector. She is now stuck in there. Ishikawa's having a terrible day today. Oh, what a bad day right now. This is like six or seven different reports he's going to have to file. He's going to do that Remy. And so he's like, oh God, was she attacked? It's like, no, there's absolutely no sign of attack. Her barrier didn't activate. She is just in there. We have no idea why. Um, We see the major. She's in like a, a room. There's a bunch of people sitting on a bench. They're just chatting about catching a glimpse of the truth. And this looks there's like a bunch a, of posters on the wall. Yeah, this them. looks like an underground club, like a comedy club that's underground. Was it, like, it was like you must see Banana Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. having mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so she tries to talk to them, and they just ignore her. Uh, an old man like appears, and he's like, "Ah, don't bother. Everyone's under its spell." And she's like, "What spell?" And he's like, yeah, why don't you uh, go and see for yourself? And so she goes through the the curtain and it's a movie theater. And the movie starts playing. We have to say, you never get to see uh, the movie that's playing. Uh, You only see the people sitting watching it and the major reaction. Yeah, the perspective is always not looking at the the, uh, screen. Yeah. It's yeah. looking at the projector. Yeah. And, and it the includes audience. the inspector. The inspector is in one of the seats. Yeah, he's in one of the seats. He's yeah. like, the movie is mind blowing. He's also like, oh, hey, Major, fancy seeing you here. So, again, like, there's no, like, brainwashing or anything going on here. Yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting because the major goes over and shakes this guy. And he's like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And he starts staring at the screen, and she, like she's trying to get this guy's attention, but then she looks around and notices that everyone else in the theater is kind of just looking slack jawed at the yeah. like the screen. Yeah, they are captivated by whatever's on there. And then the major starts looking at the screen and she actually starts crying. Uh, And she is very shocked by her own tears. Weird. Like passively crying for what it's worth. Like is staring at the screen and then tears flow out of her face and she goes, what the fuck? (laughs) What are these things? Yeah, Yeah, this is like the most we've ever seen the major emote in the series. At least in terms of sorrow. That's something that shouldn't be crying in this episode is crying. Yeah. Weird. So she um, goes outside, and the old man's sitting in that room again. Um, and he asked her, "How how was the movie?" And she's like, "Well, it wasn't bad, but you know, movies should be transitory. They should have a beginning or and an end, or they're just harmful. So they go on forever and trap you there." And he's like, "Ah, rough crowd." <laughs> go write a Rotten Tomatoes article over it. <laughs> he's super friendly, but he's just like, "Ah, harsh but fair." It's obvious. So, it's, it's, it's obvious here that she's trying to keep up her like badass facade. Yes. For all this, even though she was very shaken by this. Yeah. Um, 
And so she's like, they need to go back to reality. And he's like, well, does the audience have a reality they should return to? You know, some of them only have misery awaiting them if they, if they go back. Are you willing to take responsibility for that? And she says, no, uh, dreams are meaningless if you're not fighting towards them uh, in reality. And being stuck here is basically no different from being dead. Um, so he's like, yeah, all right, well, fine, we'll leave if the reality you believe in ever comes true. And they, uh, they shake hands. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we now cut to Majors out of the brain. Ishikawa's was like, oh, thank God. God, you came out of that. I was in so much trouble. <laughs> I was. You don't know how it. much paperwork I had to fill out. <laughs> if, if you, the major, were stuck in brain jail, I would have been <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it turns out the maker of this film uh, was uh, Wataru uh, Kanazuki. He was so stubborn about maintaining uh, the integrity of his film that nobody ever gave him any funding and he never made a mainstream film. He essentially made his ideal film in his cyber brain, took it out of his body, made a life support system in, in this box, and put himself in this box along with this film. And apparently made a bunch of copies of this so that anyone could experience his forever movie. Um, we call so... it the Alamo Draft House. Obato <laughs> 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 asks the major what the movie's about. She doesn't say anything. Uh, and they talk about uh, how some are so enthralled with the film that they stay in inside and their bodies just die. So the police have been trying to find all of these boxes because they're they're going around killing people, essentially. Uh, and they found some, but like they knew the original was still out there. But this is it. This is the original box. It has the ghost. It has the guy's brain in it. Uh, this must be the original one. Yep. And Ishikawa is giving yeah. notes there and there's no traps, there's no hacking, there's nothing keeping in the, them in there but themselves and the film. It's just so good that they don't want to leave. It's a really good film. I mean, we got to finally see the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There we so. go. It will never the end. The most perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> I think they bring up an image of the, the director on the screen and it's, it's a younger version of the old man that's, uh, that, that the, the major's major talking to. with. Yeah, so he's that asshole that sits out the side of the screening of his own movie and asks people what they think. Yeah. <laughs> and the guise of an old man, so that it's disarming. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So the major's like, well, extract his brain, find the people watching this that are still alive and try to, you know, disconnect them, and also arrest the person who was selling this box. Uh, and she walks out. And then uh, like, we cut to later on. Uh, the major's drinking coffee and Basho walks past her. And she asks him if a movie has ever moved into tears. Um, and he's like, well, there was once a, a Marx Brothers movie that made me cry from laughing so much. The Major's like, yeah, that's Yeah, you. that makes sense. <laughs> I was going to say, this is awesome because it's classic dumb guy yeah. shit. Yes. As a dumb guy, this is classic dumb guy <laughs> shit. I have absolutely had someone try to emotionally connect me to me and be like, yeah, Kung Pao is probably pretty underappreciated, all told. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Yes. <laughs> and so he's like, hey, do you want to go see a movie sometime then? And she's like, no, if it's a movie I really want to see, uh, I'd rather see it alone. And then he's like, well, what about movies you don't want to see? And she's like, well, I'm not going to see them. <laughs> he's like, that's fair enough. And Plato's basically like, yeah, that's pretty you as well. And leaves her to drink her coffee alone. Yep. Kind of makes you think about her just standing and watching uh, baby and small girl have a day on the town and so my, my question is what movie would the major watch that she's totally enthralled with oh god 
Uh, Ghost in the Shell 2017. No. <laughs> no. No. It's it actually was just a Marx Brothers movie, and she was just laughing so hard she was crying in her own head. <laughs> yeah, but she can't tell Bato because she would never live it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It certainly wasn't any of the bonus movies we've watched. Damn, those dudes are funny. <laughs> yeah, so these were uh, well, some pretty good movies, I think. Or some pretty good episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good movies, too. Pretty good movies, I mean, yeah. We did go straight from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest to the Lotus Eaters, so hey. Yeah. We're just going all over the uh, the Pantheon at this point. Yeah, we gotta do all of our like weird philosophy films. Yeah, mm-hmm. all at once. Like, I will admit, well, the, the Catcher in the Rye references go completely over my head. Never read it. I'm going to have to reread it at this point. Like, yeah, it's a short. Yeah, it's only I'm like going to have to look at the cliff something. notes. It's it's quite short, yeah. yes. But it's also fair if you would not want to put up with reading it. <laughs> it's insufferable in that like late teen kind of way. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. You, you need to want to read Catcher in the Rye is the thing. Cliff notes it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... Till next time, where we'll be doing uh, episodes 13, 14, and 15. Yeah, I think 13 uh, and 14 yeah. are connected, if I remember correctly. Ooh. When do we hit season two, technically? Uh, that would be 26 or whatever. Oh, okay. So we yeah, got quite we a got while. All right, 26 so episode runs seasons, for the yeah. season. It's very Ooh. obvious when season one ends. Like, there's a huge... <laughs> oh, if I remember correctly, like, 25 and 26 are, like, together in, like, what their episodes, and they should be watched together, which is going to work out nicely for us. So mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, till then, catch you next time. Space anime. Space anime.